Fuck skeletons. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 103. Ooh, we're so relaxed. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Who likes to rock the party? I like to rock the party. And to my right, Brett Cropley. I've been to thousands of concerts and this is the worst seat I've ever had. Good evening, <laughs> viewers. <laughs> Uh, all right, you've got to explain both your things. Uh, Brett's is from the Emmys. Yes, uh, the best actor in a drama? Possibly. James, James Spader. Spader. Mm. Um, during his acceptance speech. Nice. And uh, mine's from Flight of the Concords. Uh, Still on Flight of the Concords. Uh, I have to apologise to listeners. I'm a little under the weather this week, so... Uh, don't sit too close to your computer if you're listening via the computer. And if you've got one of those MP3 type devices, try not to put the headphones near your mouth or nose. Oh, really? Mm. Really? It's that contagious? I think it is, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's a bit shocking. Could you not have phoned this episode in? Because uh, I don't want to get sick. Yeah, that's true. That's I re- true. I really don't. We've got a, a giant show. For episode one hundred and three, uh, and thanks for everybody's patience uh, for the uh, for the break, because that was much needed. I have to say, uh, we've got a discussion on fast tracking. More information to come. Some crap TV. The start of our look at the fall lineup from which, the US, which is going to go on for some ten weeks or something. We're going to try and look at most of the new shows. Yes, and uh, until and we uh, come around again to the Silver Age of television, <laughs> <laughs> the shows that just weren't good enough to make the Golden Age. The uh, the fall season doesn't actually start until this week officially, mm-hmm. but a lot of shows started last week. Yep. Uh, one show in particular started the week before, but that was on cable in the US, so that doesn't really count. Yep. As far as timetables go, we're going to look at uh, a couple of those. Tell me that you love me. Yes. And Kid Nation. That's the one. Uh, and I have to say, generally, I'm not that impressed with how the fall season looks this year. I, no, don't, I don't think there's any shows I've seen the blurbs for that I thought, oh, that looks good. Whereas last year, there were heaps that we were we were hanging out for. And, and the two that I, I the two that I liked the most last year were probably Heroes and Friday Night Lights, and I had very low expectations for those two shows. So maybe something like that will pop up this year. See, I had high expectations for Heroes, low expectations for FNL, but mm. uh, FNL, you know, came good in the end. Yes, and uh, well, it came good at the very beginning. Yep, uh, Heroes, yeah, kind of a bit disappointing. I, I, I can't wait until we do that show that's based on an ad. <laughs> they based the whole series around an ad. Which, which cavemen? Oh, really? Yeah, really. I didn't know about that. Anyway, that's what we have to look forward to in the uh, fall lineup over the next. Next, 10, they'll be basing rides on uh, basing TV shows on rides at Disneyland or something. Well, they've gone the other way around. <laughs> no, oh yeah, I see yeah. what you. Yeah, got it. Thanks. <laughs> uh, we've got a quiz and going to finish it off with. Such a giant barrel of pork. <laughs> That's what happens when we have a week off. And our pork just accumulates. You'd, you'd think the news would go up. The news is much the same. It's just the pork. Just the pork. <laughs> pork goes through the roof. But to kick things off, as Ross said, here's the Box Cutters news.
In news that came to hand a little while ago, uh, Channel 10 was first out of the gate and announced <laughs> their brand new HD digital channel, which is, uh, which is very exciting. For those who didn't, you know, haven't read about it or anything, uh, 50 hours per week of programming that won't be on the main Channel 10, hour, uh, channel, 10 channel, 11 hours of time shift program, uh, natural extensions of Biggest Loser, Idol, Big Brother, So You Think You Can Dance, etc. So kind of like hidden extras. Yeah, apparently. Uh, a themed night, such as Sci-Fi Saturday. Right. Uh, National Geographic stuff and uh, bringing the cinema into the lounge room. Movies have never looked better at home. Uh, I think Channel 10, by announcing this, caught the other channels a little bit on the hop. Channel 7, the next day, I think it was, released their uh, press release saying, oh, yeah, we're doing a digital channel too, but gave no details about it. Because so, they haven't got anything ready. Yeah, and, uh, and I think Channel 9 went the... Uh, um, went the route of it's best to just keep your mouth shut and not you know if you don't have anything at this stage and said oh we're doing and we're doing a channel but we're not going to tell you what it is yet yeah Hol- holding back and uh, yeah and when it's when it's big when yep. it's big and proper they'll announce it that it's big and proper yeah in fact I think uh, they're just going to call it big and proper really yeah I I have the feeling that Channel Nine probably went digital channel <laughs> what the hell are they on about but. Uh, this looks good, I think, from Channel Ten. What do you guys? What do you guys think? I, th- I think it sounds quite exciting. I mean, as you know, I've been waiting for something like this for for a long time. This is exactly the sort of thing that we needed to push digital television exactly. forward. Exactly. Yeah. Now people will look at. Now people will have more reason to to get digital rather than just well, the pictures a bit better. And fifty hours of original programming also means that if something like Torchwood isn't doing well, they can move it to the digital channel so that people can still get it. Yep. Though it is interesting that uh, they're talking about only having it on an HD digital channel uh, rather than a, a, a standard definition uh, side channel. Have you guys updated your hardware? Have you got uh, HD equipment as what, yet? What, what difference does it make? Can I still just get the same channel? Can I get an HD channel, but it'll just appear on my screen I, as standard. Yeah, I was a bit confused about this. I'm not I, sure I thought, that that's the case. I, no, my understanding of it was that they're doing it as HD, but also as SD. So, And I think they'll actually be different channels. I think um, one was going to be 10.1 and one was going to be 10.10 or something. So you will be able to get it in standard definition, was my understanding of it. Okay. Because I know that there's a lot of set-top boxes, for example, that uh, don't do HD. Well, and so that'll be cutting out all those people. Well, the Foxtel haven't released an HD box as yet. They won't do that until next year, so that's 25% yeah. of viewers there. And I think the um, uh, I think the majority of TVs uh, can't play HD yet. Mm. I mean, mm. you know, they talk about this boom in plasmas and whatever, but... Um, a lot of them wouldn't be able to take HD. Well, it'll be interesting to the... see if, if it is just HD, which mm. uh, all the reports that I've been reading have been talking about, okay. um, or if uh, it'll be backwards compatible. Yeah. What's the minimum resolution for HD? 1080 lines, I think. 1080i. No. No, that's the maximum you can get. Sorry, what's what's the minimum resolution for it to be declared HD? 7. 7 whatever that 780i. is. 780i. Yeah. 720i. Yep. Yep, I right. think that's that's my understanding that that's that's the minimum that gets called. So five seventy six not good enough. If you've got a five seventy six television, you still that's not considered HD. Mm-hmm. 
what uh, what month are they going to launch? Uh, I think it was starting from the first of October. Really? So that's I, I think so. Next week. I, I thought it was either October or November. But yeah, no, I thought it was the first of October. Uh, I think quite a few box cutters listeners will be quite pleased about this, especially with the Sci-Fi Saturday. I think we've got a lot of uh, Sci-Fi fans out there, and you know, hopefully, like you said, with uh, Torchwood, um, maybe Battlestar Galactica, a few other shows will actually get oh, a decent run on that, uh, on Channel Ten. That would be that would be excellent. And I saw it, a, a funny be, thing on the Soup uh, this weekend where. Uh, they talked about all the wonderful shows that uh, Sci-Fi Channel has, like Battlestar Galactica and Flash Gordon. And then they showed a clip from Flash Gordon, which I, I don't think... I mean, it doesn't fall into the full lineup because it started so long ago, but is one of the most terrible shows I've seen in the last three years. <laughs> Just absolutely... You know, it would have been great in 1986, but now, no, no, no. Oh, they should sell it to Channel 9. <laughs> oh, they'll show it. <laughs> They'll show it at prime time. Uh, off the back of that, ABC have announced another digital channel. This will be ABC3, and it'll be a channel of programming especially for kids. Uh, so I think families with kids under 15 years. So that'll include the sorts of shows that they show in the afternoon for ABC Kids. Uh, they they did this a while back yeah, with Fly. Fly. Mm. And that was uh, only available on Optus, I think. And yeah. they did a highlights package on a Saturday morning in the old recovery time slot, the, yep. old, the factory time slot. Uh, and uh, and it didn't go too well for them, but uh, I think especially Optus uh, subscriptions were tiny at that stage. And this is slightly different. I think this is just bringing in shows. Fly had a lot of content that they were that they were making whereas I, I i don't know that they're going to make any content specifically for this it's it's just going to be more showings of sesame street and play school and bananas in pajamas and that sort of thing and i think s- i could be wrong and since uh, fly wound up we've seen abc2 which they are producing some uh, unique content for this yes. not seeing uh, the screens on abc number one and that uh and that will keep happening i think it's i think it's great i think uh yep Australian television needs a dedicated children's channel that isn't full of American stuff, a la Nick Jr. or the Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that one of the great things about the ABC and their programming for kids is that they have shows from all over the world. Uh, and hopefully one of the things they'll be able to do is fill that void that uh, was created when SBS stopped programming for kids. Uh, SBS used to show some great stuff from Europe and, and South America and, and Asia for for kids. And uh, I used to love watching that sort of stuff. And then it just they just stopped it. Uh, when I say I used to, when I was a kid, hmm. I, I loved watching that sort of stuff. I think it, it really opens kids up to, to a whole new realm, and, and I think it's going to be fantastic. Speaking of the ABC... Uh, my favourite personality from ABC TV, Monica Attard, has announced that she's going to be stepping off our screens at the end of the current season in November. She says two years is long enough to be hosting Media Watch. It's an extremely taxing program to make, and I have also been presenting the Sunday profile on ABC Radio all year to... Um, she was saying that uh, hosting Media Watch, it's it's always whispering in her ear. Um, she, it's a seven day a week job, and uh, she never gets a break. Obviously, soft cock, Stuart Littlemore. <laughs> 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 <clears throat> 
I, I was going to say, that seems to be the trend, though, since Stuart Littlemore, who did it for 115 years. And Richard Ma, uh, David Ma did it for longer than three, two years. Maybe three years. I thought it was only two, though. Uh, and the definitely Monica Adard and, and whoever, whoever came before. Liz Jackson. Her. Two years Best each. host ever. Now, now, this was um, on the back of some other Media Watch news, Now, this, this announcement came the day after uh, the program's executive direct, uh, producer, Tim Palmer, uh, was appointed to the spot of EP on Late Line and Late Line Business, basically a golden parachute out of having to work with uh, Media Watch, mm. um, which overall... Uh, I'm not sure what the future of Media Watch holds. I'm not sure if we'll see yeah, it on our screens again next year. Do you think it'll be back? I, I, they, need, they really need somebody to drive it. You know, they need somebody passionate behind it, and it doesn't look like well, there'll be anyone left. I, don't, I, I think that, that, uh, that Tony Scott has destroyed the format uh, with, with the whole ABC balance crap. Um, Tony Scott, the, uh, the, the director of Enemy of the State. <laughs> no. Uh, it is Tony Scott, isn't it? I don't know. I, it is the, Tony the, Scott who directed Enemy of the State. MD of, uh, of the ABC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's someone Scott. <laughs> F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Scott. Uh, um, you know, the, the thing with Media Watch, is people have been describing it over the last year as a toothless tiger. Mark Scott. The, uh, the, the, thing, about, uh, the thing about toothless tigers is they're still fun. They're still fun to play with. You still go out to them, cuddle them. Do all the, that sort of stuff with them. Thing about Media Watch, it's not really a toothless tiger because it's just not enjoyable anymore. Well, there's no point. No, if no. It, if it can't actually be a critical look at Australian media, there's no point wasting that 15 minutes of airtime. You know what? It wasn't even. I, I think one of the reasons that we enjoyed it so much, especially uh, under Stuart Littlemore and, and David Marr, did this really well as well. Uh, it, it wasn't so much because it was a critical look, but because it was a really bitchy look. And uh, and we got to see people being really arrogant and uh, and self important about other people's mistakes. That's what I loved about Media Watch. Uh, maybe that's just because that's the sort of person I am. But even then, it, if it was if it was critical, it was critical with a point. And now there there isn't a point, which is what you said. Mm. So yes, Brett, you're right. On that, you're right. After last week, though, last week after last episode. Your 115 points has actually been cut down to four points <laughs> because you were wrong so many times on so many things last week. Really? Yeah. What? We'll talk about it later in quiz. In, okay. Uh, <laughs> in other ABC news, more controversy surrounding Chris Lilly's Summer Heights High, uh, the episode that went to air this week. Uh, one of the students at Summer Heights High had uh, died from an ecstasy overdose, which inspired uh, Mr. G to write his own... Uh, his own musical. His own musical. Inspiration for the school musical. Which uh, I can't get those songs out of my head. <laughs> like, his, yeah, his, his little pieces on the piano, just, just his brainstorming, even can't get it out of my head. Uh, the... The family were apparently quite upset. The, fa- the family of a girl who died at uh, Good Vibrations Festival in Sydney earlier in the year. She apparently died on February seventeen, and her name was Annabelle Cat. Uh, this uh, the Summer Heights High victim, so to speak, was Annabelle Dixon. Uh, now this is un- it's very unfortunate, but it's just it's a case of bad timing. 
Yeah, uh, because they wrapped Summer Heights high apparently 10 days prior to this. Shooting ceased on February 7th, 11 yep. days before the death of Cat. Yeah. Right. Now, I, I, I mean, I think this says something about our media too these days, but I didn't, I hadn't even heard about Annabelle Cat dying. It didn't happen here in Melbourne, it happened in Sydney, but I, I hadn't even heard about it. Uh, well, I think, you know, in, in 1996, uh, a girl named Annie uh, died from an ecstasy overdose. She was a, a school-age girl. and uh, See, I remember that. that yeah, yeah. That was and everywhere. That was huge and, and everywhere. And I think after that, everyone's gone, oh, we've done it. Mm. Mm. Which is a terrible attitude to have. I think it's, a, it's, it's probably an important story. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I hadn't heard about it either. But uh, yeah, a current affair uh, on, the back of the, on the back of the papers got stuck into summer high heights uh, summer heights high went the whole with the whole kind of attack had people in uh, and had talking heads saying drugs aren't funny this is not something we should be satiring i mean that's what satire is surely <sighs> satire you know? is open slather exactly exactly i mean it would be different if she died and uh mr lily had said oh well great let's use her let's get a girl that looks like her let's call her annabelle that Obviously, that would have been different and would have been uh, perhaps a bit more questionable in taste. But I think the way he's done it, it, it it's bad luck. Yeah, mm. But, mm. It's, it's just and, and, a really unfortunate coincidence. And mm. just as the story was unfolding uh, on Thursday, uh, it was just ridiculous what was coming out from the family calling for the, the series to be taken off the air immediately. And, mm. yeah, just... Uh, Get a grip. I mean, yeah, it's, exactly. It's really, it, it's an unfortunate... Coincidence, like we said, just either you don't watch the show if it's going to make you upset. Uh, tell your friends not to watch the show if them watching it is going to make you upset. But really, just have some perspective on how the world works and understand that he couldn't really see forwards in time. Mm, mm. But the other th- annoying thing, cle- clearly, they think that he is that magical a performer, writer, and, and uh, producer that he can look forwards in time. <laughs> If they had a bit more money, he possibly could have gone back and shot. But it's an ABC comedy. I I don't think it would have been possible. No, and that's and also we don't know how much. I mean, obviously there are there are going to be huge song and dance numbers on stage that involve a lot of cast. Yeah. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I, I mean that. that it would and the be characters really, going through all of the remaining five episodes of the series. It would yeah. be really expensive. To, you'd basically have to go and reshoot, reshoot all the of the Mr. Lot. G yeah. stuff. Yeah. Which would just be way, way, way too expensive for, for anything with an Australian. <laughs> when girls take drugs and they die. Who so out of thought at summer heights, I out of all that, uh, we're going to see bookends on all episodes with disclaimers that the characters are entirely fictional, which is a fairly standard disclaimer at in uh, the closing credits of shows. Anyway, no, of uh, not of shows of uh, of movies, yes, but television shows, fictional really. TV shows as well, yeah. Really? Yeah, if you if you it's, watch you, the credits you just can't, closely you enough, you just can't ever see the credits anymore. That's the problem. Oh, that's true. They're always shrunk to some minuscule size. That's always seemed to past. me like a, a a ridiculous disclaimer. Anyway, I mean, it's a well. So so that could we just when not, you get families like this who say, "Oh, Annabelle, uh, our daughter was Annabelle," they must be basing it on her. They don't actually have yeah, but, a leg but to I know, stand I know on. It's is, it's legal. I know this is drawing quite a long long bow, but when you look at say the naked gun films which do parody real life people and then at the end it says these characters were not based on anyone yes that makes no sense no no crazy look at legal covering of ours yeah uh while we're on australian television news sea patrol navy seaboat 
Or uh, they were calling it something else on the blog. Uh, water rat? What? No. Sea, no, sea something. Healer rat. Sea rubbish. I blue, don't know. blue monkeys. Blue monkeys. <laughs> Navy sea boat and uh, city. Battleship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like battleship. Battleship. Uh, and, uh, and That means when it gets canned, we can say, you sunk my battleship. <laughs> city for homicide. Well, it doesn't look like they're going to get canned. They've both been signed for a second season. And uh, and Channel Seven and Channel Nine, uh, not necessarily in that order. Uh, now are going to be producing more seasons of them. They have both been renewed. The ratings are very interesting. If you look at uh, Battleship, it's gone from over two mil to last week. I think it was one point two mil. So it's it's going the wrong way. Uh, whereas City Homicide has pretty much stayed level on about one and a half million. Yeah, and that's that's because City Homicide is a, a better show. Mm. And uh, I think people were really were really willing to give Battleship a go, but uh, it, it, there comes a point where they just go, you know what? I can't take this crap any longer. I, I, I don't know. I reckon Lisa McCune in a uniform draws in maybe a million people. You think? Yep. Out of uniform. Really? Out of uniform. No interest in uniform. Million people. Because uh, because in uh, in lawyer attire. It didn't work for uh, for martial law. Didn't have a uniform. If she'd been, if she'd done it in 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 a uniform the whole time, school uniform, right? Wig and gown. Yep. No, nah, it didn't count. It has to be a uniform. No. Well, that's a uniform. Wig and gown. Wow. No, no, it has to have badges. <laughs> so, so Lisa McCune in prison. Yep. Will rate its ass off. If she's a guard, yes. If she's a prisoner, no. But what if she's a prisoner wearing like a? What orange... if it was sexy prison? What if she's wearing a? I still don't. I think if she was a guard, sense. if she was a guard, yes. If she was a prisoner, no. Right. That's my theory. That's a really interesting theory. So oh. is it a denim thing? No, it's a uniform thing. What denim? Where's the denim? I'm prisoner in the de- denim jumpsuits with the the chambray shirts on top. Um, a couple of casting things for the second series of Sea Patrol. Uh, Alan Dale will be uh, involved in Australia's one of the story own. arcs. Yes, uh, making here making time in his busy schedule, shooting on uh, the OC. Ugly Betty lost. He's not shooting on the NCIS. OC. CIS. <laughs> the OC's uh, over. He's not. Sh- firstly, the rest of the first, cast. No, 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 no. Let me. Firstly, the OC's over. There is no more shooting on the OC. Secondly, Alan Dale hasn't been in the OC since halfway through series three when his character died. <laughs> no, no, he's making a ghostly return. Um, the rest of the cast are returning, apart from Josh Lawson, who won't be in series two. Who is, uh, I think, one of the only characters that people actually like from from my talking to to people around the country. They uh, they go, oh, that that character, it's, uh, who I think is like seemingly borderline retarded, blinky I, spots, yeah. digit. They've all got cool nicknames. Yeah, what's he? Eggs. Eggs. He's not... No, Lisa McKean's ex. Yeah. Oh, is she? Yeah. Okay. He's cookie or something. Chef. Right. Oh, oh, Josh Josh Lawson's chef. Right. I get him mixed up with the other guy. I get them all With the shaved head. You know what? People in uniform will look the same to me. (laughs) (laughs) Channel 7 have decided that they are going to contest this year's election night after... uh, What is the third party? 
the Channel 7 party. <laughs> they, don't, don't joke with Mel and Koshy on board. You never know. Oh, my uh, God. They could win it. Uh, no, they're actually, for the first time in many years, they're not actually going to show a movie and just have updates. They're actually going to cover it. This is what uh, apparently Gary Linnell has been working on hmm. this whole time since he got to Channel 7. Oh, Mark Llewellyn. Mark Llewellyn? Oh, okay. Yes. Is Gary, Lowell, Gary Linnell working on as well? Uh, Just Mark Llewellyn. Not that I'm... Oh, well, this is read. what Mark Llewellyn's been working on the whole time. Uh, I laughed for about five minutes when I heard this. I <laughs> thought it was a joke story. But it, it, it actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, think, I think it'll be a further nail in the coffin of Nine's current affairs credibility if they, if they win, if they get more viewers. I think uh, Mel and Koshy... Uh, appeal to a certain part of Australia, well, and, the, the, and I think it will rate quite well. And for the thing them. is, Channel Nine's coverage of the last few elections has not been up to scratch. I mean, they used to be they used to be the coverage that I watched, right? And see, how can you go past ABC? ABC's got Anthony Green. Well, what I what Anthony I used Green's to do, great with his uh, you know with his uh, graphs, and they wheel him out well, <laughs> every because- every two to three years when there's election on and he just goes nuts and then they shove him back in his cupboard or whatever they do with him. Channel 9 had great commentators. Right. Channel 9 had Laurie Oakes. Mm-hmm. Channel 9 had the greatest political commentators you could get at the time. And so I'd watch them for, for that coverage and then flip to see if Anthony Green was on. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's so entertaining. Yes. The last the last few elections, though, I started on Channel 9 and then gone exclusively to the ABC. Yep. So I think they are... They have been dropping their game election-wise. Yep. And it would be great to see some competition that might even just boost them and say, we have to throw everything at this election. I think that uh, what you see on Channel 7 may be quite different from uh, what we've got on the ABC, especially what we've got on the ABC, I'm, I'm but just, even on Channel 9. I'm just picturing uh, the quotes. Mel and Koshy there going, oh, we've got an email from Sam. Sam says, good on you, Johnny. Oh, nice one, Sam. <laughs> exactly, because Mark Llewellyn has actually said this is not politics for the people who get off on the obscurity of marginal seats dissected to within an inch of their life, which means it's all going to be a freaking soft call. Oh, it's going to be terrible. I mean, they probably won't even be looking at Eden Monaro, where the rest of us exactly. will be like, Eden Monaro! Eden Monaro! What's happening oh, in Eden Monaro? Swing. I need to know. There's a two-point swing. It's the litmus seat. <laughs> the bellwether. Bellwether litmus. Be- bellwether. Yes. Bellwether. It's the seats that goes with the government. It's it's no, yeah, I know, I know what it the, is. What what's bellwether? Bellwether is is the symbol of of uh, how things are. I, I I think he's right. Yeah, but I've never heard. Like I don't know where it comes from. I'm confused. Send us an email, hooray at boxcutters.net, if you can let me know the etymology of bellwether. Oh, I'm sure they use, we'll have that as the quiz. Sure, they <laughs> use that uh, a few times in the West Wing. Mm. Uh, possibly, but I don't think that's like the etymology. Ohio, Ohio is uh, the bellwether state in the states, uh, and there's that. Uh, there is that uh, polling booth in New Hampshire that is a litmus test for the rest of the year. That's for primaries, I think. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure. I'm sure they've used that, and and I've heard the term. I just. It's just struck me that I have no idea where it comes from. Hooray at boxcutters.net, if you know the answer to that. Brett, what's happening in the world of NRL footy show? Oh, well, for, for those people who have uh, just been hanging on for the last uh, 25 minutes waiting to hear f- news, 
Paddy Vorton uh, is expected to be dumped by the Nine Network from the NRL footy show. Uh, he's due to meet with Channel Nine boss Jeff Brown this week for crisis talks. The official line is that he's set to discuss his contract, which expires at the end of the year. Uh, but sources say that he is as good as gone. Uh, with his sacking a foregone conclusion. Really? Um, the final season finale of the NRL footy show is this Thursday, uh, a live gala thing at uh, the Sydney Entertainment Centre. Um, I'm not sure what the NRL footy show is without Fatty Vorton. I'm not, I'm not sure. That I'm not could... sure what the NRL footy show is. Well, it's, it's a lot different from the AFL footy I know, show. but it's not it's, entertaining, uh, that's for sure. No. Ross, lastly in the news. Lastly in the news, we talked a bit about Channel 9 possibly moving from uh, their Willoughby and Richmond studios in seven uh, in uh, Sydney and Melbourne, respectively. Uh, apparently, they've got tenders, uh, and so it, it's all happening. So, so they're looking at selling uh, Channel 9 Melbourne, looking at going down Richmond? to Docklands? I think they're going, yep, I think they're going to Docklands, and I think their, their old suit factory was valued at... $10 million or something similar, which will go to property developers, I'm sure. And I'm not sure what's happening uh, with the Willoughby, but... It'll probably be uh, Salter Developments if any uh, mm. anything around Richmond is uh, anything to go by. Hopefully my tender will get up there. <laughs> uh, um, it was interesting, though, when James uh, was in, James Talia, our uh, European... Oh, no, our anti-Australian correspondent. Un-Australian correspondent. And he was talking about how just outdated the studio was and they really did need to move that was quite interesting it makes perfect sense they they mm. need to move forward i think you know we have nostalgia for it but mm. like pete smith said it was something before that it was something before that it was something before that it'll be something again unfortunately it'll be uh you know apartments but that's the way of the world and that is the box cutters news yeah hi g'day i'm katrina mathers and i'm on the box cutters how cool is that <laughs> that's bloody cool Let's play, we, we should get her back on to find out what's happened to the wedge. <laughs> yes. Is, is it still on? It, it, I, it's on I think like, it came back for a week at 10.30. And, and then... And, 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 when, and went again, didn't it? I don't think it's around this... No, it wasn't around uh, last night because uh, the rugby union was on. Uh, well, and, you see, that could be the problem at the moment, but... And uh, I do know that the Comedy Channel are starting to show episodes of the first season of the wedge. Okay. Anyway, we could uh, we could ask Katrina about that. Uh, yes, but what we're going to talk about now is fast tracking, which is the new trend by the networks to uh, to show TV shows not long after they've premiered in the states. Oh. Uh, Channel Nine is doing it at the moment with Damages. Channel Seven is coming up with Prison Break, which starts this week. And Heroes next week's Heroes and Bionic Woman. And my name is Earl. Uh, well, because the uh, season finale was on last night of uh, that. That's the so, second. That's the second season finale. So they're having a week off, and then, and then going straight and in, going straight yep. into the third one, uh, which is great because uh, my name is Earl has been top five uh, fairly consistently. Yep. on Sundays, and it's a very very funny show. Uh, and uh, Foxtel are doing the same with Kville, which is uh, something we're hopefully going to look at next week, and, and Gossip, Gossip Girl. Girl. Uh, which is uh, being touted as the new OC, I think, so I don't have much... Uh... That's the one Alan Dale's going to be in. <laughs> uh, question... Uh, well, I'd like to say, firstly, uh, 
you know, yes, it's about time the networks did this, but I think they should be commended for it. I think it's it's great that they're doing it. Uh, I think these things do take time, uh, and it's a whole new way of thinking for network television. Well, yeah, I, to I get think, to this point, I think one of the things that we forget when we talk about networks is that they are giant lam- lumbering beasts, mm. and it takes they're like the Ents in, uh, in in Lord of the Rings. It takes them a long time to do anything at all. Yep, uh, and yes, they they did move forward and they did did start this up. And it is a whole new way of thinking because they've got to think about shows instead of, you know, the traditional way of we get the shows and we start showing them in February and planning out their year like that. They've essentially got to plan their year now in two half years, uh, you know, the second half of the year and then going on from there in the first half of next year, which uh, which must be a big, uh, just a big change in their thinking. Uh, but I've got two questions for you. One, will it work? And uh-huh. two... Will it affect the way you guys watch television? Yes, I think it'll work. You think it'll work? You think people will download less? Uh, yeah, definitely. If I had a if I had a PVR and that that uh, could capture Channel Seven regularly with a, a series link, and I was getting Heroes the same day, I'd save my download bandwidth for for other things. I, I wouldn't necessarily download less. I'd probably download other things that I couldn't get here, which is mm-hmm. how I started downloading in the first place. But this is all. Would, should, will it? Will it affect? Will you watch the the broadcast version of... Not on Channel 7. Not on Channel 7. Because Channel 7 doesn't have uh, an electronic program guide that goes with my PBR. Mm -hmm. But if you had a TiVo, would you do it? Uh, If I had a TiVo... If I had a TiVo and they were showing it uh, day and date, yes, I would do it. If they're showing it a week later, no. Really? A week? A week. TiVo, I should just add, I was going to save this for pork, but TiVo, they've announced there'll be no ad skipping function on TiVo. Oh, no, they said, they said that from the beginning. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No you ad skipping. You can fast forward it. You can fast forward it, which is... By eight times? That's just crap. Only eight times? Mm-hmm. See, even even on uh, Foxtel IQ, you can do 30. You can fast forward times 30. See, that's what happens when TV company gets in bed with a software company. Anyway, uh, Brett, I'm interested to hear, because you're notoriously slow... With your watching anyway. Mm. And, and you're a taper. Notoriously slow. Notoriously slow. I'm infamous for it. You are. You are. You, I've seen people with T-shirts saying, I've, I've seen it before Brett. Uh, but you're also, you're also a well, big... Well, I still don't know who killed Laura Palmer. Uh, you're, it was Bob. You're also a big, uh, a big taper of yep. things. Yep, recorder, yes. Yep. Uh, are you like... I mean, for example, last year... Oh, no, earlier this year, we had the farcical situation with you where you were watching... Downloaded losts just to care for head of the just broadcast a couple of weeks ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and every now and then you'd say, "Oh, I've got to watch a loss because they're showing it <laughs> this week, and I haven't seen this one yet." Uh, w- will it affect? Will you just wait until it's on on free to wear? Probably. It depends on the series. Okay. Example. Uh, Prison Break. Are you watching Prison Break? No. Okay. No. Uh, Prison Break lost me midway through the first <laughs> series. I uh, think. Heroes. Are you watching Heroes? Um, I'm. I've still got stuff to catch up on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it starts like next week. Yeah, sure. Right. Uh, mm. Bionic Woman. Uh, Bionic Woman. I'll watch. On, I won't download it. But you won't download. It. Yeah. yeah. So, so, Bionic Woman. I will watch on Channel Seven. Okay. Uh, just to get a feel for it, and uh, we're going to talk about it next week. Are we? Yeah. Damn, I've really got to get my computer working. Because <laughs> also, uh, my the hard drive died on my computer this week. And, um, uh, and so, my downloading capabilities are nil. Did uh, you back up? Uh, not that computer. 
but I was regularly moving stuff. Anyway, I'll talk to that's off air. I think, um, yeah, I think for me, if if this had happened a year ago or two years ago, that it would have been fantastic. But I think I'm kind of set in my ways now. I don't think I'll be waiting. I, I like the way I watch things, so I'm happy to. You don't find you download too much each month. No, I'm I'm pretty good at balancing. Pretty good at balancing. So what I, are you missing out on? How do you mean? What don't you download to stay within your limit? What's your limit? Uh, 30 gig. See, I'm in 60. And yeah, see, I don't, understand, I don't understand what you download, though, Brett, because you're not watching the TV. So so what? I, f- I find most of the shows like I can fit, you know, like, say, in the week coming up. It'll be a bit different because we've got fall, so we'll be downloading it a little bit extra to, to review the fall stuff. But of, of the regular programs that I'd watch, that's maybe 10 to 15 gig. And that hmm. still gives me ten to fifteen gig of extra stuff. Hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe because I'm also going into the back catalogs of uh, networks. Like uh, I got from video video caps uh, of the Late Show, so the entire Late Show season one and season two, rather than the best bits of the Late Show, which is what's mm-hmm. on the DVD. Yep. Yeah. Okay. See, and that that is always gonna gonna add to your to your download. Plus, mm. I mean, when I was just downloading new shows, I was always just a little bit above my ten gig that big pond gave me mm-hmm. now that i've got 30 gig uh there's no i've got nowhere near that limit uh yeah that, I, I pride myself each month on uh, on having only a couple of just a tiny little few meg of both peak and off peak left i'm always very pleased with that uh under a, a gig, under a gig left but i but uh yeah i, I don't usually go over mm-hmm. that that being said i saw an article about downloads in the united states this week and apparently some of the unlimited plans over there are being actually limited to 90 gig and people are complaining. Right. Uh, well, if they call them unlimited, they should be unlimited. I know, but but I think 90 gig for, for a really affordable uh, ADSL connection in How this much? country is... Uh, oh, it's, their internet's really cheap as well. It's like mm. 35 to And they've 50. had it forever. Yeah. Because they weren't retarded by some monopoly telecommunications company. I, th- I think TPG here have got a $70, 150 gig plan. Which is fantastic. Mm. And if I could get TPG in my area, I would have. Mm. But that's that's another problem with uh, with ADSL2 here, is, is you can't get it everywhere. Mm. Uh, and they still haven't rolled it out everywhere. Uh, also, uh, do they throttle P2P? No, they don't. Any plans? As far as I know, I, I haven't heard any plans to do that. Uh, but anyway, I'll I'll still keep downloading. I think mm. aside from things like the Bionic Woman, if we weren't reviewing it next week, you'd, you'd uh, watch that. I would I would watch that. Uh, yep. There is there are things that I would go. Oh well, I'm not that interested in that show, but I will wait for it for free to wear. Yep. But if I'm really interested in a show, no, I want it straight away. I yep. still want it straight away yep. and without ads. Yep, exactly. Uh, just a quick note to uh, Thirty Rock and Survivor China. I think they're on slow tracking. Oh really? Because mm. they still haven't shown Thirty Rock, and it's well, Emmy just winner. Emmy winner Thirty Rock that's just starting its second season, and Channel Seven is still to show it. And Survivor China, who knows when we're going to see that? So, does anybody care about Survivor anymore? I, I do. I watch it. Survivor China had the lowest uh, first episode rating uh, ratings of uh, any season of Survivor. Where can they go in China where they they're not in amongst people? Don't know. It's hardly a deserted tropical island, is it? It is on an island just off China, isn't it? It's like in China, but 
It's on a Chinese island, I think. I don't know. I don't I'll, know I'll, tell you, I'll tell you next week when I've seen it. Okay. <laughs> Cut! That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Oh, look out, Smithers! <laughs> I love this show. The familiar sounds of crap TV. Yes, uh, just a couple of little programming things that uh, I found a bit crap over the last couple of weeks. Channel 7, uh, Channel 7's uh, very well-rating drama, City Homicide, um, has had an issue for me. It's uh, if, if it actually stayed on time, um, you could record that and then record Californication and uh, watch it at your leisure. The problem is that uh, at... 8.30, so only an hour into where they get out of kilter with their, their timings, they are 10 minutes late. So it's 10 minutes freaking of, of uh, hot property with Michael Caton going on about auctions and uh, how much money you can get from your assets, um, which means that I'm actually missing the end of uh, City Homicide and just catching the beginning of California. This is, this is the... That's, that's why they're doing it, though. Well, screw Channel 7. If they keep it up, I'm not going to keep on watching City Homicide. Yep. This is the, the, the big problem. I just don't understand. They've got a pre-recorded show mm-hmm. that goes for a set amount of time. They know how much time they've got for that show. Yep. Why are they making it 10 minutes longer? I seriously think it's to stop people flipping over to Californication. I, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's because mm. of that, but... Why not have some, like, some consideration for if you're going to tell... Like, I, I would have no problem if they said that uh, that it went from 8, 7.30 8:40. to 8.40. Yep. And City Homicide started at 8.40 and finished at 9.40. Yep. I'd have no problem if they said that. But because they're saying it starts 10 minutes earlier, that's just bullshit. Yep, yep. I mean, Brett, you would still have the same problem if they said that, if they said 8.40 to, to 9.40. But I, I would, just the transparency of their strategy uh, would be more appreciated than being lied to in the guide every week. Yeah, mm. and that's one of the things that, that I really like about having an EPG uh, that is updated by the networks, uh, which Channel 7 With real times? With real times, is that I do get uh, listings that say this show starts at 9.02. And uh, and I I find that really useful. I, th- I think mm. that's that's great. I know that that's when it's scheduled to start, and for the most part, shows do start on time. Mm. Now uh, they're also screwing with it uh, this week. The uh, traditional Channel Seven broadcast of the Brownlow count is on, so they've shunted it across to Wednesday night. Why they couldn't just take a week off? I'm not sure. See, um, what they've put City Homicide on a different night. Yep. For one week. That makes no sense at all. Especially no on Wednesday, which is pretty tough market. Still trying to get Graham Hill, the uh, programming uh, director for Channel 7 Melbourne, into the studio to talk to us about what happens, how those decisions are made. And Lynn Downs, programming for Channel 9. That's a lot harder. Mm. Well, <laughs> a speaking, lot harder. Of, speaking of Channel 9, they're also screwing around with Sea Patrol. Uh, they were fairly good with it. And I'm actually enjoying Sea Patrol. Uh, it's, it's because it's you a bit like of a to watch pleasure. Lisa McCune It has nothing to do with Lisa McCune at all. Um, you, I'm not I, sure exactly what it is. Hold on. You like to watch Lisa uh, McCune in a uniform and think about how much she's not Monica Atta. <laughs> hold on a second. That's not it. Ghost Whisperer's back on. Yes, I'm watching that. You can't have two guilty pleasures, Brett. 
And I, and I was a bit ups- I was a bit concerned with the way you said uh, something about leisurely watching Californication. <laughs> leisurely? <laughs> oh, at your leisure? Yes, watching Californication at your leisure. That kind of creeped me out a little bit. Yeah. Did it? <laughs> well, it's Sleep Patrol... Ross, he's a creepy man. Sleep <laughs> Patrol's uh, Chal and I's best offering at the moment. Um, they went all the way through uh, the first season of that and uh, then decided to just stop it for three weeks Um with one episode left, so they'll be coming back next week after all the footy stuff's out of the way. Um, the week before the specials, um, there was some other crap going on. Mm. Um, but yeah, three weeks for waiting for one episode's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Yeah, that is cra- it's crap. It is crap. And especially they could have just started. Could have just started at what, Ross? A week earlier. Yeah, they could have. They could have full have season. The full season's back. The full uh-huh. season is. Back. Oh, how I missed it, and how I wonder why I missed it. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's kick things off with. Well, t- t- tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. We're doing two quite different shows today. We're doing Tell Me You Love Me, which is an HBO drama, and we're doing Kid Nation, which is a CBS reality. Yes. Yeah. And CBS, the kings of reality. In in the US, uh, tell me you love me. It's, it, it is as you said a new HBO drama, and on surface, it's a story about several couples going through problems of intimacy, fidelity, potency, the the problems that that couples go through. We get to see them act out these problems through some very real, if not really realistic, uh, sex scenes. The, but, but let's say graphic. Very graphic. Very graphic. Very it's, graphic uh, it's more graphic than uh, Californication, which seems to be the current benchmark for television graphic sex scenes. Uh, but yeah, this is this is far more explicit. It's, it's Hello, She Shaves graphic. Uh, but I think they've tried to make it realistic. They've they've tried, but it it just uh, it just doesn't grab me as as realistic. I'm talking particularly about uh, a sex scene in a car. Yes. Uh, that but that, but. Uh, to to give it a little bit of perspective, I guess it's it's not movie sex scenes. No, it's it's not that completely over the top, glossy kind of film sex that you have. No, it's it's you know there are times that it's raw and awkward and dirty and mm. uh, and and a l- little bit out. Oh, don't touch me there. Yeah, and and interestingly too, just the way it's shot, it's very kind of a lot of handheld stuff. Uh, and uh, it kind of looks a little leering sometimes, uh, especially, you know, whenever the couples are having sex. More often than not, they'll get a shot outside the bedroom window looking in. It it's is, kind it of is a little voyeuristic yeah, and leery. unnervingly voyeuristic. Mm. So so we've got uh, three main couples from memory. There's the couple who have been married for years, have some kids, but haven't had sex in over a year. The couple in their 40s. Yes. There's the young, newly engaged couple who are already having issues with the concept of future infidelity. Couple in their 20s. And the couple who have been married for a couple of years but have no kids and every time they have sex, it's purely for an attempt at procreation. Couple in their 30s. Of course, they do try to solve their problems in the show and uh, they do that using a sex and relationship therapist. And she's in her... Oh, I don't know. I'd say 60s. She's she's old. She is old. And she, she gets a fair bit of sex too. Yeah, we, we do get to see her home sex life. And, uh, and you know, one of the, the big things that clearly meant to be shocking 
uh, is ooh old people kissing on screen and not just not just kissing like pashing off with groping and uh, 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 involved. I, I would say there was yeah more than that. <laughs> so you yeah. see tongue intertwinings and you, that sort of stuff. You see her going south of the border. Yes, 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 yes. You do. Mm, mm. Uh, whether, whether it was meant to be shocking or not, I found it quite shocking. I found it very disturbing. So, obviously, <laughs> there is a lot of sex in in Tell Me You Love Me, and uh, it is the, the frank depiction of sex in all of that raw nakedness that I think is is really going to appeal to most of uh, like the six feet under set. The it's got a hook for the show, and that hook mm-hmm. is. The realistic sex. The hook is, ooh, they showed old people having sex. Uh, and the six feet under set, uh, in you know, my mind, seemed to like that sort of that sort of hook and rate a show based on that rather than okay, uh, rather than based on actual content. I actually, I actually thought it was very similar to Six Feet Under Two and probably would attract the same audience, but not because of the sex, just because it's Prozac television. It is so depressing. Well, and this is this also gets me to. Uh, to, to my point about the show, which is what it doesn't have. Yes, it has all that sex, but it doesn't have any love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've never seen a, a more horrendously misanthropic TV show. I, none of the characters are sympathetic in any way. They're all selfish whingers. Uh, they have seemingly no capacity for trust or compassion. And in the pilot, at least, there was nothing to make me want to keep watching. So it's kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm with sex. Not at no, all. No, 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 no. 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 I, I think I found I found Kev your enthusiasm a hundred times more watchable than this. Uh, this really made me angry and made me hate the people who made it. They've um, they've all got other lives, evidently, but that's not what the show's about. Like they they seem to have jobs and have friends and and go to do stuff, but you, you don't see any of that. It's just. All about the sex. And and relentlessly yep. about the sex. And uh, I, I just... I don't know. I, I just found like found that the, the creators must hate these people. Mm. Compare it to Love My Way, mm-hmm. which is, you know, f- for the Prozac set, uh, really depressing television. But the creators obviously love those characters and we can see why people would love those characters. In Tell Me You Love Me, no, I think every single one of those couples, other than the, the sex therapist, who clearly is going to have her own problems later on, but every single one of those couples that, that the show focuses on should split up, find someone else, or they, the individuals should split up and then go into holes and die <laughs> because no one could ever love them. They're that unsympathetic. Mm. I really... I don't want to watch another episode. Yeah. Well, I... I uh Personally, I found, you know, I find society's whole obsession with sex just a little bit draining. Like, it just gets on my nerves. I, I don't want to watch a whole show about sex, uh, and particularly about just kind of this raw, emotionless, but full of emotion kind of coupling that goes on. I mean, the show's quite well made, and I think it'll probably find an audience, but... And it has Jonesy? Certainly not for me. Yeah, it has Jonesy from uh, Carnivale, and it has uh, Penny, who was Desmond's girlfriend from Lost. Oh, yes. She's in it as well, but mostly, apart from that, the cast is largely unknown. Uh, and it's, interestingly, uh, pretty much all female crew 
uh, with the with the bigger roles, written, directed, created by uh, by women, and created uh, the creator Angry, is hateful women. The creator is Cynthia Mort, who worked on Roseanne, and uh, she's got a film coming out, uh, I think, next month, called The Brave One, which is a uh, Jodie Foster vigilante revenge kind of pick, uh, which, which doesn't sound great. No, but makes perfect sense that mm. the person who wrote that, who hates people so much, would make a film about someone who hates people and wants to go on a spree. Mm. As I just, oh, no, there's nothing I liked about it at all. Well, that, uh, that brings us to uh, Kid Nation. Uh, Kid Nation is basically Survivor with kids. Yes. Uh, it's almost a carbon copy of Survivor. They, uh, they've got 40 kids they've split them up into teams they have to do tasks they get rewards uh the only difference with survivor is there's no winner and they're not voting people out every week are uh, they just pushing boulders onto them off one of the cliffs no it's it's not lot of the flies ah. <laughs> it's it's not exactly lot of the flies it's probably it's it's more exploitation than lot of the flies yeah it, it is i mean it, it's very hard to believe Unlike Survivor, you can kind of get into that belief that they're kind of on their own out there, despite the fact that there's camera crews following them around and probably a whole village where the camera crew live close by. Uh, it's very hard to suspend your disbelief with this, that, that there are just a bunch of kids running around. But it isn't at all hard to uh, feel anything other than that they're just being completely exploited, these poor kids. Uh, In what way? I feel sorry for, like, 19, 20-year-olds who go on Big Brother. Like, I think they're just too young. They don't know what they're doing, and I think in five, ten years they'll look back on it and go, you know, why? I the, can't believe I did that. It ruined my life. This is, like, eight-year-olds. I just I just don't... So the fact that they're put on, put into an isolated not... place and filming it is exploiting them? Well, I think the fact that they're, they're putting them in situations that go against child labour laws is definitely exploiting them. Uh, I think the, the fact that they're... It's, it's not kids say the darndest things. Kids say the darndest things is kid exploitation, but in a cute way that when people turn 20, they'll look back on their videotapes of kids say the darndest things and go, oh, I was so cute. You'd bring that out and show your girlfriend. If you just started dating, you go, look how cute I was. And, uh, and then, you know, go and snuggle on the couch. Uh, the, uh, so is my understanding what 20-year-olds do? I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the thing is, though, that, that you wouldn't do that with this. You would be embarrassed for the rest of your life. You know, uh, and I'm sure there are some kids who, who enjoy it and get a lot out of it. I just, I just feel, like, I, I feel like they're putting these kids in, in a really tough situation and, and they, they're saying it all, you know, oh, you know, like it's a social experiment, like they always do with television, but it's not. It's just, it's just showing these kids for our benefit, you know, oh, look, he's crying because he misses his mother. You know, I, don't, I, I just found it a bit oh, distasteful. He said he's so hungry he, could, he would chew off his own leg. Isn't that cute? <laughs> uh, no. No, that's not cute. That's terrible. A child should never be in that situation. But who's that's- saying it's cute? Is it... Has it got a Jeff Probst type? It does. It has. It has a very host that's that's making these kind of uh, statements. It has. I don't know if he's making the statements yet, but it's it's like it's a carbon copy. It's it, it's pretty much Jeff out there saying, you know, come around, kids, instead of come around, survivors. You know, it's it's even even the way it's shot. You know, have we got- and and at the end of the at the end of the kind of the prologue 
40 kids out in the desert. And then, the, you know, the sweeping shot away from it. it was, it's exactly like the way Survivor But it's, it's not a Burnett p- production. No. It's just no. a it's Burnett exploitation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are, are there plans to show that here? I don't think so. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the first one that gets canned in the US or or one of the ones that gets canned fairly early. Because it also, it didn't, it, even with all that controversy, which usually boosts the ratings for, mm. for a show, it did not rate very well mm. in, in its opening episode. Well, I mean, like I said before, I mean, I'm going to watch Survivor China. I'm probably the only one and, and I love it and I'm looking forward to the next season of The Amazing Race whenever that comes on, but I, I won't watch this. No, and, and fair enough too. Apparently... Uh, Tell Me You Love Me is going to be on the new Showtime uh, TV episode channel. Oh, is it? Okay. And uh, we were wondering a couple of months ago where The Riches was going. The Riches is going there yes. as well. Uh, and uh, and Dexter. I think that's going to be a great channel. I think that's, uh, that's going to be the, the channel that uh, really brings good television with no ads to our to our screens i think it's gonna be fantastic plus it means that when showtime does show shows like dexter or uh like they did deadwood love my way they're not gonna have to put them into our blocks which is a a huge difference as well okay question three which can all these gonna be about war no i got loads of i got one on tennis one on the suez canal loads okay question three which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Fox. Uh, quiz. quiz time. Oh, In fact, we've Brett got Cropley. we've got a couple of uh, sets of give. Uh, our question Cropley. is: Which canal connects? The- <laughs> <laughs> Brett Cropley. Could you be more wrong? Now this is this is in the context of people have been able to go off to our IMDb and look up. Who the actress that, uh, was in Happy Days? Context. <laughs> we said on this show, we, we Susie Quattro was was in the building. We were talking about her being Leather Tuscadero. Brett, you said that Leather Leather Tuscadero and Pinky Tuscadero were twins. That, that was my memory. That they were played by the same I've person. Seen, I've seen pictures of the person who and, played Pinky Tuscadero, and she still doesn't ring a bell for me. You were adamant in Happy Days. You were, yeah, but that doesn't mean that you <laughs> you were so one hundred percent incorrect. But you are still adamant about that fact. Can I ask you? I can be corrected. Will you ever uh, refer to me as an authority on Happy Days knowledge after this incident? Like, like trust you without question that you know. That if I say something happened this way. That something definitely happened this way in Happy, happy and, Days. And introduce him like that at parties. No. This is Josh. He no. knows a lot about Happy Days. No, I can't do that, I also Josh. know a lot about the Brady Bunch. Um, no, no, you can't? Can't do that. You can't? Okay. No. okay. Sorry. It's not uh, in my nature. No, it's not. <laughs> no. And you know what? That shits me so much. But the interesting <laughs> thing is that 95% of the time, I'm correct. <laughs> no. No, you're not. It's just 95% of the time, you either think you're correct at the, at the time or you remember. Like, in two weeks' time, you're going to think that you were correct about Pinky Tuscadero and Leather Tuscadero. You, you are. You're no, gonna no, think, no, no. You're going to think, yes. My yes, hands are they up. Were, they were Fair twins. Cup, governor. They were. Roz Kelly played Pinky Tuscadero. And, uh, and yes, people did go and look, look it up on Wikipedia or IMDb. I don't know why you bothered. You should have just looked at the, should have just looked at the blog. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> well, yes, I had to go back and edit the uh, the blog to to take out Did references. You? Yes, uh-huh. uh, take out references in the comments to Ros Kelly. Uh, honest mistake somebody she, made. She was later a uh, a minister in the uh, Hawke government, wasn't she? <laughs> Ros Kelly, whiteboard. Different, Ring any bells? Different, different person. Okay, different person. Uh, the uh, uh, you're thinking of Bill Kelty. <laughs> No, no, that was Ros Kelly. Know, was <laughs> uh, so yes, she played Pinky Tuscadero. Uh, good, well done to everybody who said uh, who said that's who it was. Uh, to people who said Cesi Quattro, no, 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 you really <laughs> didn't understand the whole whole nature of that argument. And congratulations to Stephen Hahn, who won a Crumpler thing. Well done, finally. Well, well finally. done, Stephen. One of our serial uh, contest entrants. But he, as we've said before, keep entering. Keep you're entering. Bound you're to bound to win. win. You're it's, bound to win. It's random. Uh, he wins a uh, John Thursday, which is uh, a giant pouch that you can pretty much put anything in. Put does a it, Joey in it. Does it have our name on it? It's a shockproof pouch for your e-vices, PDAs, MP3s, digital cameras, mini disc e-devices, popcorn, good times. You can put your good times in this. But it, that, it might have our name on it soon. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. That's not settled yet. Okay. But... Uh, one of the uh, one of the great things is that it comes from Crumpler, our uh, very generous giveaway sponsors. Who make the best stuff in the world? If uh, if Stephen not pancakes, I don't rate their pancakes. If, their bags are fantastic. Pancakes? Nah, I'm uh, I'm still going to my uh, local cafe down the corner. Okay. If Stephen wants us to, we can write box cutters on it. We can in texture. Yeah, or in sure, pen. We could do that. Yeah. So yeah. just just let us know. Yep. Yep. Um, now, firstly, just a local uh, giveaway for listeners of Box Cutters. If you're in Melbourne or if you want to come down to Melbourne, uh, Brett Box Cutter, that would be me, uh, is going to be getting together with Josie Pirelli, who you may know from Chart Busting 80s on Channel 31 uh, when it's in season. Uh, Chart Busting 80s is going cabaret at Idgaf Bar during the Fringe Festival. Idgaf's uh, on Hoddle Street just down from the Collingwood Town Hall. We've got two double passes to give away to the performance on October the 5th. Fantastic. Uh, where I'll be a guest on stage. If, you, if, you, if you can answer this tough question, which box cutter is going to be a guest on stage? No, that's not the question. <laughs> really? That's not the question. <laughs> Who's the co-host on Chart Busting 80s with Josie Pirelli? Uh, is this, this going to be as, as successful as what does BR stand for? <laughs> <laughs> This one has an answer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, it's uh, Chart Busting 80s Goes Cabaret has a season uh, from the 27th to the 12th, I think it is, of October. Is that part of the Fringe? Part of Fringe. Uh, check out Fringe, melbournefringe.com.au, uh, I believe it is, uh, for all the details it's, on it's that. A, it's a rare opportunity to get to see Brett live on stage. Yes, and I, I'll... Pay careful attention to looking less awkward than I do in that YouTube clip. <laughs> Will you pay careful attention telly. to looking less like Ross, though? Definitely. I'll show okay. my cheeks. <laughs> okay. Those cheeks. Nicely done. Have we got a crumpler giveaway as yes, well? Yes, we do. What's the question for that? Have you got a question for that? No one's no. got a question for that. No. I thought I thought just the, uh, just the Brett's giveaway was enough for... Uh, for today. Oh, you you did it too early. Which? Yeah. Oh, which box cutter is going to perform live on stage with Josie Pirelli? Is that the question? I don't think we know. <laughs> you know what? That's the question. Is it the question? <laughs> <Two of them. laughs> 
Who who played Pinky Tuscadero? <laughs> no, that's what we did. Oh, who no, played no, Leather Tuscadero? No, no, we, do you really want to do that? No. 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 There is no crumpler giveaway. I think one giveaway is enough. We don't want to confuse listeners. So who is the co-host of Chart Busting 80s with Josie Pirelli? And listeners, that was Josh that took away your crumpler giveaway for this week. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Do you want to do a crumpler giveaway? Let's do it. But we've got to do it now. No, no, no. You know what? If we had yeah. Brett, like always, no, no, like, no, 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 like always, Brett. If you had brought these things up <laughs> in the pre-show meeting where we talk about what's going to be on in the show, then Ross, he, he did actually mention <laughs> the cabaret thing when? at some point. I don't know, right? But before the show, didn't I, hear I don't it. remember it. I don't think you were here, right? Uh, Brett could take a crumpler thing along and give it to one of the people. We'll do it next week. Don't wins. worry about it. Uh, we're running out of time. Okay. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Brett, Brett my apologies to you. Apparently, yes, you did bring it up That's in okay. the... Uh, but uh, you know, I wasn't here, didn't know, and uh, quite frankly, It'll very confusing. It'll be twice as nice for next week. For some reason in the US... Uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, somebody called uh, the McCormack Tribune Foundation was was running a poll, and uh, the purpose of the poll apparently was quite serious. They were urging Americans to be better prepared for disasters. Yes, that that makes sense. But uh, one of the questions was. Uh, they were given a choice amongst seven fictional heroes for help in an emergency, which surely I think that would get them better prepared for disasters. Uh, guess who won? Maureen uh, McCormick. Uh, Buffy. MacGyver. MacGyver! MacGyver won. And it makes sense if you think about it. I mean, you could give him, you know, a sock and, 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 and a knitting needle and he could, you know, build you some kind of hovercraft and fly out of there. Do you have a list of the... Yeah, I do. They had uh, he he got twenty seven percent of the vote, uh, followed by Indiana Jones on sixteen, John McClane on fourteen, James Bond and Jason Bourne each on eight percent, Lara Croft uh, and uh, Jack Bauer on uh, on seven percent each. Uh, so, 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 sorry, so not not superheroes, not nobody with superpowers. No. Uh, I I think Jason Bourne. It's uh, it's fair enough that Jason Bourne only got eight percent because everybody he tries to help gets shot or killed <laughs> in some horrible way. I, I've got to go for uh, I've got to go for uh, Jack Bauer. Can you imagine how much you get done? Like you just oh, yeah, say, yeah, he's oh, so yeah, I've got to get the shopping done. Doot, doot, doot. Okay, now the shopping's done. I've got to do something. <laughs> I mean, you'd, you'd fit so much into your day. I uh, I I have to go uh, with. Oh, now I've forgotten. Can I have a, can I have a look at the list? Yep. Uh, I thank you. I would. Oh, John McClane. John McClane. Because clearly that would be the most fun. <laughs> He's got such a great sense of humour about being in terrible situations. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the sort of person I'd want to be with in a in really? a disaster. Yeah. Someone who goes, ah, oh, this is terrible. Nyak, 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 nyak. <laughs> and then uh, you know blows a hole in something. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think Lara Cross a bit of a stretch. But MacGyver. Wow. Yeah, so MacGyver was the winner. Who who thought anybody even remembered MacGyver exactly. after all this well, time? Well, apart from the Simpsons references. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, he's been in The Simpsons, hasn't he? He has. He says he's got his own episode of The Simpsons where uh, 
he does Magawa type stuff. It's a fairly new episode. It's not that good. Mm. Uh, just breaking news. Uh, apparently, Master and Jan from the Brady Bunch were real life lovers. What? According to a uh, an autobiography from Nori did, did McCormick. Hear, did you not hear what Josh was saying earlier? You, you have to bow to him as a superior Happy Days and Brady Bunch authority. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Brady Bunch. Yeah, but, not, but only Brady Bunch on screen. Off screen, yeah. But really, really, they... Uh... While Maureen uh, is not a lesbian, she reveals there were some sexual hijinks going on behind the scenes. Well, there were sexual hijinks uh, going on behind the Eve scenes. Plum. Well, all of, like, all of those kids just, just crazy. Danny Bonaducci. Uh, had uh, had sex with one of the uh, one of the Brady girls and did he? Yeah, uh, he doesn't talk about that much these days. Uh, he he did but back in the day. Uh, he uh, yeah, he's uh, apparently that whole scene. Which was just, one? I can't because Greg went out with Marsha. It was as the well. uh, they, it was, were, they it was, were dating for a it couple was of the years. Housekeeper. Alice. 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 Yep. Alice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was Eve Plum. But uh, but can't be entirely sure. Of but, course, like, of Greg course you... dated uh, the mother Florence Henderson. Yes, as well. When you've got when you've got kids going through those changes and uh, and they're spending so much time together, of course those things are going to happen. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Uh, in non Brady Bunch or Happy Days news, talking about the Amazing Race. Before uh, we're going to have to wait for the next series of the Amazing Race until the new year. But they've cut out the non-elimination rounds. Oh, really? Yep. So, uh, so to, every time somebody's getting chopped to make it more exciting and more intense, and possibly to save on production costs, they're uh, they're cutting so is it, it going to be shorter? Yeah, cutting it down by three episodes. Wow, that's really interesting. Mm. And uh, yes, it is going to be more exciting because you used to be able to to pick quite early in the in the episode which ones are going to be non-elimination. Especially if, if there's a yield in it. It was always a non-elimination. Yeah, which is just makes it's just annoying. Pointless. Hey, the uh, the the Britney guy, uh, Chris Crocker. Chris Crocker, leave Britney alone. If you haven't seen that YouTube video, uh, I'll put a link up on the blog to it. Uh, there's also uh, another one by uh, Seth Green. Yes, which was which was, which was done for the soup. Yep. Uh, which uh, is is a great show that that I love. I haven't really talked about it on Box Cutters. Maybe next week I'll do a review of the soup. I think it's been a long time coming. Uh, he's going to Chris Crocker, the Lee Britney alone guy, is going to get his own TV show. Apparently, now this is uh, Forty Four Blue Productions, who are a reality so, so, style. So is it a serious thing? I, I haven't seen the Say Britney thing. Is he? He is. He has been deadly serious yeah. about. Uh, about leaving Britney alone, that right. she's you which know, was after the MTV Awards, just just after the uh, the MTV Video Music Awards, mm. uh, and Paris Hilton had uh, a big piece about how terrible Britney was, and Chris Crocker did this uh, video diary piece on YouTube. That really, I'm not going to go through it. You really have to watch it. Uh, okay. Brett will put a link up on on the blog, which is uh, going to be good. Uh, apparently, uh, it's uh, the people in charge consider him a, a rebel and think he's uh, he's going to be a big star. Uh, the show doesn't really say what what it's going to be, uh, but I can't say that it's going to be anything really good. I, I can't say that following this nineteen uh, year old guy with uh, you know this way too emotional 19 year old guy around is, is going to be anything good and, and I, he's I a very out gay boy from a small town he lives uh, he lives with his grandparents mm. and he's you know obviously he's got a, a life too and uh yes it's 
it's fine to make fun of him when he's posting his own things up on YouTube, but uh, I can't see... A whole show of making fun of him. I can't see that this this show would be anything but exploitation of him. And Mm. uh, in the same way with you and and the Big Brother kids when they're only 20, he's he's only 19 and, you know, doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah. In uh, general kind of news, uh, Newstopia, the uh, Sean McAuliffe program on SBS is going to air from October 10 so mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, that's very exciting uh, Mad Men which is a cable show that might pop up on that it's sh- on Arena uh, not oh, it's arena. already on is it not Arena sorry on uh, the on movie one I think okay uh, it has been renewed for a second season which have is, you guys uh, been good, keeping up with good. it yeah. I haven't yeah I've been enjoying it have you yeah I found it dull did you yeah it was interesting but just it was so slow yeah. There's no pace at all. With well, it. I watched the first four episodes. Yeah, well, yeah, well, first four. I mean, nothing's really changed in the next four. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I know I've I've quite enjoyed. it. I wasn't sure at first, but I've I've got into it. And I'm looking forward. You to You know, it, it reminded me a lot working. of uh, of some old uh, UK shows like House of Elliot. That sort of uh, that sort of period piece uh, with uh, with a very similar uh, very similar mood to it. I okay. think. Yeah. Yep, I haven't seen House of Elliot, but I'll take oh, your word was, for it. I might do it as a things you may have missed one, one time. Uh, and thank God we record this show on a Monday night because currently, as I'm talking, Channel 9 is screening Commercial Breakdown, a show featuring the world's most outrageous ads hosted by ex-football wanker Dermot Brereton. Which is no! mostly Which is mostly uh, stuff that you've seen on YouTube for the last Exactly. It's yeah. just so... And I mean, these shows, you know, the, the Cameron Lockie, whatever, whoever Dado one that he hosted on World's Greatest Commercial. I mean, it's just such a dud concept. They can, they can get over it. Uh, also, Curb Your Enthusiasm's back, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, so I guess I'm just talking to myself here. So <laughs> you guys stop listening, which means Josh, stop listening. Brett, have your normal level of concentration <laughs> when you're not talking. Uh, gee, Kev's been great. Yeah, yes, it's really good to have Rebecca. Okay. And that brings us to the as end. As I said, if he could be as funny as he is in real life in that show, it would be a funny show. You know who I really like? Sorry, we need to finish the show, but who I really like is uh, uh, the fat guy. What's his name? Jeff, was on Jeff last Ga- Garland? Yeah. He's really funny. He is? He's, he's really funny. He's very uh, funny. But uh, I haven't watched Curb for, for a long time, so I don't know if I would also find him funny on Curb. But he's, he's got very a, funny on Curb. He's got a film coming out called I Want Somebody to Eat Cheese With. Okay. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. And that... Uh, you just reminded me, if anybody gets a chance to look at the Ricky Gervais Meets series, uh, series of three shows that he did, Meeting His Heroes, it's well worth tracking down and having a look at. Uh, is it did, serious? Yeah, yeah, it's serious. He interviewed his heroes. He interviewed Christopher Guest, uh, Larry David, and Gary Shandling. Uh, it's really interesting because they're all quite similar in what they do. The four of them. Uh, it's interesting seeing the different, you know, the different processes they go through, and different amounts of scripts, and all that kind of stuff. Gary Shandling's a great interview. I, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen him interview. But uh, apparently he's, not. He's a great interview subject. Uh, apparently not. Really? I, I, that's the only one I haven't seen, okay. but it's it's awkward and uncomfortable for a whole hour long, apparently. Because I've I've heard some uh, interviews with him recently, and uh, yeah, he's just quite natural and, and loves talking about the process and stuff. So uh, maybe he just doesn't like Ricky Gervais. Maybe because uh, this one stopped there being any more Ricky Gervais meets. Right. Mm. Oh, what a shame. Mm. 
And that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 103. I want to say thanks very much to our giveaway sponsors, Crumpler. They make bags, they make pouches, they make uh, all sorts of things that you can put things in. They make us happy. They do make (laughs) us happy. And they make our listeners happy. They don't give us anything other than things to give away to you. So uh, we we love them. And next week, yes, we will have two Crumpler things to give away. One question, two things, because we didn't give anything away this week. Okay. I'm just making... You said said double the Crumpler goodness next week. You said that. That's, That's what gave me the idea. It was the anticipation I was talking about. It'll be twice as nice. Uh, yeah, it did say twice as nice. I just assume we've got two things to give away. We had one for this week, one for next week. All right. Well, we'll have a production meeting right now about uh, sure. how we're going to do that next week. And uh, hurry, of, hurry. I've got apparently to go. doing two giveaways in one show <laughs> has its problems. Uh, it's, it's one giveaway. Like, it's one question. Oh, really? It'll be one question, two prizes, W chance to win. Oh, stop. I've got to hurry home and watch the Brownlow medal. No. <laughs> oh, sorry. I also want to say thanks to 3 Triple R, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. They're excellent. You can check them out on the net on rrr.org.au. And if you subscribed, fucking well done, because uh, we had another record-breaking result. <laughs> uh, this year with the Radiothon. Um, it's all very good. Thank you very much. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Don't tase me, bro! Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.